Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Selective Hearing. I am your host, Julie DeMar, and this week I am here with Dr. L.J. Johnson, and we are going to be talking about some of the disparities within the Black community as it pertains to healthcare. I am so excited to have her here, and you guys are going to love this conversation. So before I get started, I always like to give all the guests their opportunity to like just kind of share your story, how you got started, then like let's get into these questions. She said, let's get into it. I'm ready. I'm like, throw me in the skillet. I'm ready for the fire. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, I enjoyed the conversation prior. This is a message that is so important, but we get life gets to life and things get in the way. We are on a healing journey. Um, but all of that, I'm super, super grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Julie. I am Dr. LJ Johnson, the holistic endo expert. I specialize in everything endometriosis and hormones. Now, for some of you, you're like endo, supercala. I'm like, I know, I know, I'll break it all down. Um, it took me 16 years to be properly diagnosed with endometriosis. That was 16 years of feeling like I was crazy, 16 years of despite all my education, you know, medical professionals talking to me like I was crazy. Eventually, I remember sitting in my Tahoe, breaking down, crying, and I'm like, maybe I am being dramatic. You know, maybe this is not a really big deal. Then on the other hand, I'm like, but it, it is happening. I missed two weeks of work. I just got rode up. I'm all out of PTO. My neighbor's having to get my kids ready for school some mornings, right? Like I'm I'm doing all the things. So I was like, it feels very real to me, but I didn't have the proper tools. I didn't have the community. And to be honest, I was so busy chasing a diagnosis. I really and truly would walk around saying things which I would never say today. Things like I'm broken. I hate my body. I hate my uterus. Why me? All this shame and blame. Not knowing that I had a chronic illness that was literally ripping and roaring up down my entire body. And I just didn't know what was going on. And then when once I got the diagnosis, it was like what I call that throat punch Thursday. You get that breath of fresh air. You're like, okay, I'm not crazy. There is something wrong with me. I'm technically broken, but I figured that out. But then it was kind of like, okay, well, would you like to go ahead? You know, the nicest way they can put it, would you like to go ahead and just shut up and go back on the birth control and back on the pain pills? Cause there's no cure. And then it was like, oh, well, hold it. I, I thought we were going to get a diagnosis and you were going to give me the pills and the, the creams and whatever to make it better. And then realizing that endometriosis is a chronic illness that as of today, it always gives me chills when I say it. You know, I'm 44 years old and there is no cure. And so once I got diagnosed with endometriosis, I honestly just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I did conventional medicine. I did a little bit of holistic. I mean, honey, I was doing everything. Somebody could have told me to drink this tea and hopscotch on one foot and I would have been all over it because I was just that desperate. I mean, I know it sounds dumb, but you've been there on Dr. Google trying to find whatever solution there is. You're drinking the concoctions. You're doing all, all the pills, potions and lotions and still suffering. And so for me, I just got tired of being sick and tired. I was sick and tired. I was run down. I was discouraged. And I just realized that just relying on conventional medicine and running to Walgreens every second and picking up prescriptions was not going to give me back my quality of life. It was not going to do what I do now, which is put people in the driver's seat of their health. So I did a lot of retraining, went back to school, got into functional medicine, integrative medicine. And then that was when I made a huge shift, not only in my private practice as the people that I serve, but also in my private 
get life. Like I had to change a lot to get my life back. And then once I got on the other side, which we were talking about, you can't just have the answers and be like gatekeeping them, right? Like, okay, yeah, you can gatekeep, but then you're like, hold it. The 16 years I suffered in silence, everyone that I meet today that is, you know, running around with these misconceptions, all of these things going on, like that is why I do what I do because I suffered for so long. Now I've got the solution. I will say there is no blanket solution or answer for everyone, but definitely things that you can do to regain your quality of life. May you be managing endometriosis or any other type of chronic illness. What is endometriosis? Did I get it right? Yes, it's okay. like the super <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard you say what, it a couple of times. I was like, let me break it down into parts when I repeat yes. it back. <laughs> yes, so it's endometriosis, but okay. endo for short. So I think sometimes we just say endo. Sometimes people think you're talking about like, you know, endocrinology, but most people know when you say endo, it's endometriosis. So endometriosis, I'm going to stack this definition. As I stack it, I'm sure you're going to run across some misconceptions and I don't worry, I'm going to backpedal, pick you up pull you in. Endometriosis is chronic systemic inflammation throughout your entire body. It is not a rogue period. It is not just you're a weak woman and you can't handle that time of the month. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. You're dealing with chronic systemic inflammation throughout your entire body. Endometriosis is uterine-like tissue. And I'm going to say that again, uterine-like tissue. It's not period lining. It's not uterine lining. It is uterine-like tissue found outside of the uterus. When I say outside of the uterus, that means everything in the body is fair game. Everything, right? So it can be on your bladder, your bowels. I've had endometriosis lesions removed from my sinus cavities. Sinuses up here, womb down here. I'm going to let you do the math on that one, right? The two plus two is four, and it definitely is two different areas. So chronic systemic inflammation throughout the entire body, the endometriosis lesions are outside of the uterus. They inflame themselves. They also cause inflammation to anything it may be touching, right? So you've got that pain, that inflammation. Those endometriosis lesions do create their own hormones. So they bring in that hormonal factor that kind of has those hormones going up and down, which is why a lot of people have a lot of menstruation issue, period issues that are kind of the red flags to, you know, endometriosis being diagnosed. All of that being said, autoimmune-like factors. So I'm gonna say all that again, because I know it's a lot. Autoimmune-like factors, chronic systemic inflammation throughout the entire body. The lesions are uterine-like tissue found outside of the uterus, anywhere within the body. Chronic inflammation in those lesions and anything around it, anything that it may be touching. That's endometriosis. So let's talk about some of the symptoms because you could line 10 people up with endometriosis. You'll have 10 different stories of how long it took them to get diagnosed, 10 different set of symptoms, and then you know 10 different sets of challenges, may they be spiritually, financially, socially, everything that comes with the disease. So I'll kind of work our way from head to toe. We're talking about hormonal acne, not the acne you can throw that pimple patch on and be straight and ready to go in the morning. I'm talking about that acne where you're like talking to your dermatologist and you're like, it's cystic, it's painful, it's under the skin, you know the acne I'm talking mm -hmm. about. If you're listening, you're like, I've been there, pimple patching, got nothing on it. That's the acne I'm talking about. You know, rashes all over your body. You can have chronic systemic yeast infections, bacterial infections, lots of GI issues. May it be a bowel that's running 24 seven or one that's locked up and never moves. Lots of food sensitivities. You can have vision issues, a lot of inflammation in your ear, nose and throat. Once again, that inflammation can travel throughout your body. And what I will say is it kind of finds that weakest link, right? If you always have a lot of joint issues, the inflammation likes to crawl into the joints. If you have ear, nose, and throat issues, maybe you're like chronic sinus infections, chronic ear infections as a child,
child, when you flare, you probably have a lot of issues there. Inflammation in your gums, a lot of dental issues. You can have thoracic endo, which is going to affect your diaphragm and your breathing. Possibly when you are around your period or when you're flaring or just when your body starts to bleed, you're bleeding out of every orifice in your body. So it's not just bleeding during your cycle that's painful. You may have your period once a month and then you may also have times that you have that breakthrough bleeding. Another thing I will say is a big sign for people that have endometriosis that especially as black women were like, oh, we just have a couple periods a month. I have more than one period. Maybe, right? I'm not diagnosing, but most of the time you're not having more than one period a month. You're having that breakthrough bleeding. There's something going on with those endometriosis lesions. There's also fibroids that come in and play a huge role. Not everyone that has endo has fibroids, but I do see a huge correlation, especially in the black and brown community. So you can have a lot of joint pain, nerve pain, and then just overall malice. And when I say that, you're almost like the person where they invite you out and they always know you're going to be sick. They're like, girl, you always sick. There's always something wrong with you, right? You either got the cold, you got the flu, your back is out. Like you're the person that's always ill. You want to show up, right? They want to invite you out, but then they feel like you're unreliable. But it's not that you're unreliable. You have a body that is unreliable. You're always chasing another diagnosis. You're always having some issues. You're always doing another pill for an ill or another supplement for a symptom. So I feel like that's super negative, but there is so much going on when you're managing endometriosis. And the biggest thing I will say about this is your symptoms are real, even though your doctor or maybe in your mind, you can't make all the connections of like what's going on, just realize that you know your body better than anyone else. And if you're having symptoms and you're having issues and you can't quite connect the dots, you have myself to reach out to. You have lots of resources that we will connect you to. You also have things like this where you can kind of learn and advocate for yourself, make that appointment and have a conversation with your doctor. I'm so glad that you said that, that all the resources will point you in resources or they can contact you because I, I will say this again at the end of the show, but you can reach out to Dr. Johnson because all of her information will also be listed on my resource page at selectivehearingshow.com. So if you have any questions about this, please reach out to her and she can help you or she can point you in the right direction. But please don't be afraid to ask questions because that is the whole purpose of this show is for us to be able to communicate about these things, help each other along the way and to find the resources that serve us best. What are some of the things that you can say that are like underlying factors that can contribute to this? Right. So this is where it gets very interesting, right? There's no one piece of research that says endometriosis starts here. I know there's a lot of controversy, you know, male, female, whatever. I do believe a lot of the research where it starts in the utero. What I will say, and I mean, once again, I just like to keep it 100, whether or not you like the information, I just want to tell you the truth. And then you can take the truth and apply it however you want. Yes, your genetics, where you're raised, your traumas, your childhood traumas, your medical history, that absolutely plays a role, right? Genetics may play a role in all that, but your daily activities, the things that you do on a daily basis, your daily traumas, the things that you're going through as far as stressors, that is what pulls the trigger. And so with endometriosis, we're seeing a lot of things go on as far as like, yes, you may have had endometriosis when you were born in the utero, right? But something happens. May it be a medical condition, may it be a physical trauma, a childhood trauma, some type of abuse. There's something that comes in and turns that dial and really exasperates those hormonal imbalances and all the things that you have going on. So really, when you look at endometriosis, I think there's so many times where people want to focus on, you know, how did I get it? You know, how did I get it? Where did it come from? Is it my mama's fault? Is it my grandmama's fault? Like who gave me this? I'm telling you right now, 
all that energy, I would put that into figuring out whether or not this is your diagnosis and then what you can do to have quality of life rather than digging through all the research. I'm a nerd as well. I love all the research, but I'm like, I just, I don't know that it's the best use of our energies, especially when you're suffering. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like, that's what I was getting ready to circle. I know it's not in our package, but like the conversation just has my mind like going into a thousand different places outside of yeah, all the different places it, girl. I already had on the paper. And I'm just like, mindset, I found in yep. the things that I was going through Come on. Um, was a lot of things that helped with that change came mm -hmm. from me being in a different mental space. Right. Because I'll share something with you. I, after I had my son, so I had two high risk pregnancies, came out, my body was crazy, like numbness, weirdness. Like I, I knew something was wrong with mm -hmm. me, but I kept going endocrinology, oh, neurology. Gosh, they had me in rheumatology. It was everywhere from lupus to Addison's to RA to, you know, like it was all over the place. And it was like, oh, well, this medication will work or maybe that medication will work or, you know, do this blood work, come back in a year. And I just was like, that alone was putting such a crazy amount of pressure on me that I mm -hmm. felt like it was almost agitating whatever was going on worse. And it, it literally boiled down to like lifestyle changes, getting life coaches, reading books, meditating, working out, taking time away from all of, and I know it's hard for moms to take time when you're all your time is already dedicated to other things. But like learning that real, true, non-performative definition of self-care mm -hmm. and digging in deep that way. And I literally, once my physical space, I mean, my mental space started changing, I felt my physical space start to change. And like, I want to get your, your feedback on that. Oh, I'm 110% on, baby. You ain't got to tell me. I'm, I'm in it. So I'm going to take it a little further, right? Because everyone's like, oh, that's the woo-woo. Here's the deal, honey. I want you to lean in. If you're listening, turn it up. You have to have a good foundation. Yes, I know that gut health is important and hormones, and we can talk about all of that. But if you do not have the mindset, your body is listening to you. I'll go back to when I would walk around and say, I hate my uterus. I hate my period. I hate my doctors. I hate my body. You know what my body was doing? Was listening to it and would just act even the more the fool, right? It didn't matter what supplement, you know, and then I want to say all this negativity and then say a 10 second prayer before I go to bed, right? The 10 seconds of positivity and the 10 hours of negativity, you know, it, the math wasn't math and it really wasn't adding up. And so I had to get up to where even now I wake up and say things like I have access to unlimited energy. Now, someone that's managing multiple chronic illnesses. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, I love your energy. I may not wake up with this energy every morning, but what I'm not going to do is sit around and be like, oh Lord, here's another day in the dumps. Here comes endo. Here comes the pain. Because as sure as I say that my body's like, oh, okay, yeah here it comes, right? The same way that you're like, oh, I manifested this raise at my job. I manifested me a man. I manifested this. The same way your body is manifesting good, bad, or indifferent. And so for, I will just say this, no matter who it is, I don't know who this is for. If you feel like you've tried everything, you have the nutritionist, you have the dietitian, you're going to therapy, you're doing the life coaching, you're, you know, you're invested in all the packages. You've got the, the water purifier, the organic fruits and vegetables straight from heaven's gates, you're doing all of it and you're still suffering. You're still getting no wins. You're defeated. You can't show to work up, you know, on a regular basis. You're missing out on life. You're missing out on relationships. That is where I would say pause. 
I don't want to say stop doing all the lifestyle changes, but what I would say at that point, you need to assess your foundation. And I did an IG live and it was really interesting. I called it, watch your mouth. And people were kind of like, oh, you know, nobody wants to hear that. But I'm like, no, really your body is listening. And I think sometimes, you know, you want to see the research and there's lots of research out there that, that your body and your mind is listening. And for people that, you know, have like limbs amputated or have these horrible things happening and not saying that's any worse than endo, we hear it all the time where they're like, you know what? I would wake up and say that I was okay, that I was going to walk again, that I was this, that I was that. And so I could turn this into a whole two hour, honey, we can go all the way to church and back. I'm telling you, you have to watch your mouth. And even if you don't 100% see the manifestation, especially when you're managing a chronic illness, sometimes you just, I'll have to be honest, my affirmations, when I first started saying them, I didn't always have access to unlimited energy. I've had a couple days recently where I'm like, where's the unlimited energy? But what I did, was I just spoke it, I did my daily activities, and then I figured out what needed to be shifted and I seen the change. It's usually where we don't see it manifesting, like you don't see the commas in the bank, you don't see the promotion, you don't see it. And then we're just like, oh, nothing's working. And then we throw our hands up, kind of like those people that like to eat and do whatever when they're in a flare, because their attitude is, well, I'm already in pain, so I'm just gonna do it. Well, yeah, but that's just going to, let's be honest, keep the flare going. I know it's a lot, but there's money. That's the unsexy stuff that I do with my patients and my clients because the mindset is huge. You can have all the practical tools in the world, but if you don't actually believe in what you're doing, it'll never work. I'm gonna say amen, amen. to all of that, to all of it, because that's a whole word. And that's, I'm telling you, like I'm on the journey and there's good days, there's bad days. There's we all are. Days. Yeah, we're mm -hmm. all there together. And those, you know what I like in my affirmations? I like telling myself in the morning how I want to feel. Even if I wake up feeling like trash and I'm like, oh, okay, the alarm just went off. Then if I know if I have that response to the alarm, like, oh, it just went off. Then I know I need to tell myself how I want to feel today. I want right. to feel happy. I want to feel present. I want to feel calm and I'll do it. I'll reassure myself like, hey, today I just want to feel happy. We don't got to be like crazy today. Let's just be happy. We up, you know, like, let's be calm. Let's move through the day with that attitude. And the more you do it, the more it follows. And I just like, I cannot, this is not us just like, like telling you like, oh yeah, kumbaya, you guys. This right, is right. Is. No, like, it's really like put in the work and do it mm -hmm. and like you will you will start to see the results like no fireworks have to go off or anything like that like the little things matter all those tiny things all add up yeah it's the habit stacking i mean mm -hmm. i think sometimes when you're in pain or you're having issues you know and i get the dms or the emails you know what's the one thing i can do to stop the painful sex what's the one thing i can do to lose the five or ten pounds and it's like it's not just one thing you know it's going to be walking it's going to be changing your mindset it's going to be changing some of your nutrition the other thing i will say a good point that you made is sometimes you may not feel it but you're still putting that energy out there rather than sitting around and just be like, oh, another bad day. The other thing I heard is you're grateful for where you're at. There's, there's, an, there's an element of gratefulness. Like sometimes you bless your food, you bless this, that, and the other, but being grateful for where you're at, I'm not saying that you want, you know, yes, you may not be happy with your pain day or you want less days with pain, but being grateful where you're at will elevate you to where sometimes you're just so focused on that one thing that's not great for the day when you have about 500 other things that are amazing, right? All these other changes that have happened. Maybe you have one day of low energy. 
That doesn't mean the whole year or the whole month is gone. It's just one day of low energy. And I'm going to also throw in, if you're cycle syncing, sometimes ladies, we're over here wearing the cape trying to save the world. And sometimes those low energy days, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You're in that part of your cycle where you need to be introvert, right? Where you need to be feeding yourself, pouring into yourself rather than pouring into your community. And I feel like that's a whole nother thing where we want to wear the cape and be superwoman 24 seven. And when we're not feeling this amazing energy and podcasting and traveling and all that, we're like, we're broken. There's something wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with you. You're in that part of your cycle where it's really time to sit, sit the heck down somewhere, drink some water, calm down, refill your cup so that when those hormones come back in, you can go back into pouring out of that cup. 100%. I, <laughs> that just takes me back to like something I always say. It's like, I'm not super mom, but I am a super mom. Mm-hmm. Like it's that whole like that super woman, super mom persona, like how detrimental that can be for us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just take off the cape, ladies. It's fine. Take it off. Everybody's going to be all right. Trust me. Like, yes. <laughs> listen to your <laughs> needs. <laughs> you, yes. And you're, <laughs> yeah. And you're using that cape to save everyone but yourself. Some of y'all have been caping all day long. Listen to this. You haven't drank any water, probably haven't, you know, sat down to rest. You haven't had any food, but you're out saving the world. But you have to also put that time, effort, and energy into your own healing journey. Mm-hmm. Yes. Listen to that, please. Listen to that. Rewind it back and then start from that point. Because <laughs> now... <laughs> so I want to I wanna shift gears for us a little bit because I want to talk about the Black and Brown community and some of the health disparities that affect our communities. And I also want to get into so everybody buckle up and listen because I'm about to pack two big things into one but I'm going to speak about the disparities and I want to speak about our lack of education Mm -hmm. as it pertains to these disparities I was just like kind of going through a lot of statistics before our interview and I was just like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh with like hypertension diabetes, like all these different things that we are at higher risk for. So I want to like get into that right now and get into some tools and resources and education things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important that you say that because when I listen to that list, the first thing that comes to my mind is, yes, there may be some, you know, disproportion and, you know, we may be more susceptible to, you know, these things, but is it that we're more susceptible or like you said, that lack of education and lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Genetics may load the gun, but your daily activities, I hate to use the analogy, pull the trigger. And so I think so many times in the brown and black community, just When it comes to illness as a whole, there's only a few illnesses that are kind of acceptable, right? Like if you got sugar problems, you know, okay, diabetes, we understand. If your hips are hurt and your joints are hurt, okay, you maybe got arthritis, you know? There's certain things where like, okay, but then when it comes to things like mental health, when it comes to other chronic inflammation, you know, if it's not under the, you know, brackets that are acceptable in the brown and black community, then it's kind of like, oh, that's not our problem. That's not our disease. Well, number one, we need to stop claiming our disease right? It's not ours. We need to make some lifestyle changes, but I think there's a lack of education. And I will also say that for many, I'm going to backpedal into that too. I think for many, we've just came to accept like, that's just how it is. Like in my family, my mother, she has five siblings. All the women have had hysterectomies besides my mother. So in their mind, you know, all women coming from that side of the family, you know, we lose our womb around 30s. That's just how it is. You know, I had painful periods. I remember my mom sitting me down. And at first it was like, cause I came from a very strict military and Christian 
Christian home. So it was like, okay, this is structure. We need to make, we know we maintain appearances. If you have an issue, you need to pray about it, drink some water, give it to God. After that, it was like, okay, you're a strong black woman. We don't complain. But it was like, no, I really did just pass out, you know, for no reason. I don't know what's going on. Like I really am in pain. And so a lot of this, we really just came to accept that it's just how it is. You know, my mama's side of the family has these problems. My daddy's side of the family has this. And so, you know, as I get older, these are the things that are going to develop. And I'm not saying that you can just snap your fingers and everything's going to be corrected, but there's a lot of lifestyle choices that we are making that are not really helping those statistics. Like Thanksgiving dinner. Like, okay. <laughs> and that's around the corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, I became the person in the family where it was like for a lot of years, like, oh, so what you guys want Julie to bring? And they were like, she's gonna bring a salad anyway, so don't even say anything. And they're like, or somebody would call me and be like, you gonna bring a salad? And I'm like, I sure am. Like, and I would make like a really festive, nice salad for every single event. Because it's like not saying that I don't like the food because I do. But like you said, like it goes to lifestyle changes and some of those foods just aren't healthy for us. Or I make Thanksgiving dinner now. I just make some of my favorite dishes. I modify them so that they are healthier because we don't need all that for the food to taste good and for us still to enjoy our family traditions. I think it's tough around the holidays, right? Because you have the traditions, you have the recipe, you know, nobody wants to know that you swapped out, you know, the, I don't even know what the brand is at CNH, the pink and white ba bag of sugar. I'm like, I don't even know because I don't have any. I'm trying to remember back to my childhood that you swapped it out for stevia or monk fruit or something like that, right? Sometimes they don't need to know all the swap outs as long as it tastes good. But it's also educating people that just because we're going into the holiday season and honey, you did this, so I'm gonna jump right on because I wasn't even going to mention it. But just because we're going into the holiday season, I mean this with no disrespect. Yes, your family wants you to eat the mac and cheese, do this, that, and the other. But is this the same family? Are they going to carry your groceries up those three flights of stairs when your knees are going out, when your back is hurting? Are these the same people that are going to be able to support you when you're in a flare? I remember feeling the pressure around Thanksgiving to just, you know, shut up and go with the program, not to ruffle the menu. But it was like, you know, what may just make your hands puffy for a day or two? That literally threw me into a flare where I could still be flared around Christmas or New Year's, right? What just put a couple pounds on you? that could have put me in the hospital. And that was before I made a lot of lifestyle changes. So it's also knowing that, yes, I can enjoy the holidays. I think that's also another thing with our, you know, our culture is that we have a really hard time celebrating, may it be birthdays, you know, Halloween, holidays, whatever, without food. There's just this whole connection to food and either we over, you know, glorify the food and everything's around food, or we demonize it and we don't know how to bring in those healthy alternatives, right? So it, it always ruffles the feathers, whether or not you're trying the cake or bringing, like I'm thinking of all the favorites. And I, you know, I admire people, you know, if you're able to do that and stay on your healing journey, just for me personally, I've healed my body. I'm always healing. I'm not totally healed. It's a journey, but there are certain things that I just don't bring in. I don't want to be inflamed. I want to be able to enjoy my holidays. And I know what it's like to be on the bathroom floor, to call into work for weeks at a time you know, to not be able to show up at my business. And so for me, it's a trade off, but you have to get to where you honestly just get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I know this is tough going into the holidays because everyone wants to just eat, drink and be merry and have fun. But we have <laughs> got to find that happy medium. Absolutely. Yeah, we do. And I'm still bringing a salad. So. <laughs> <laughs> and water. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and still bring that water, right? Just is yeah. what it is. Right. Put me down for a salad and a case of water, because that's what I'm bringing. 
Okay, so I know like we were talking about education, we were talking about a lot of the things we, you know, adapted in our culture that aren't necessarily like conducive to living a healthy lifestyle. But I kind of also want to talk about like the access to healthcare and mm -hmm. like addressing like those healthcare disparities in our community and how that, how our education, even as far as that is concerned, how that plays mm -hmm. a role in all of this. That, that's a big one, Ryan. We could be here a whole nother and like, <laughs> let me sit back up in my chair and let me prop up for this one. So there's so many different angles when it comes to the disparities. And I, once again, I'm not demonizing any particular person or group or, you know, medical professional, but there's a lot of care that we need that we don't have access to. And I think even for myself, and this is what I will say, and not that I'm any better or different than anyone else, but I had something recently happen to me during the scamdemic. I was at a hospital and someone got really upset at me and literally made the comment to me. I can't even believe that this is perfect. And he looked at me and I wouldn't do what he wanted. And I just wasn't, you know, and so he looked at me and he was like, well, you might as well just lick the doorknobs in here because you're just not being compliant and you just want to be sick. And I'm like, Okay, so clearly that statement didn't go well with me, but then it made me sit back and think, this was a top hospital in Denver, right? Not that it should have been any better, but like, you know, this wasn't just like me running into a little clinic or something. This is a world-renowned hospital. And I started to think, if they're going to treat me this way, and I know how to advocate for myself, I'm educated about my body, I know exactly what to tell them. That's really what it came down to is, they weren't really used to, you know, I got this little apology from the hospital and all that. But at the end of the day, they just wanted someone to come in and shut up and be told what to do. And then halfway through, someone recognized me, figured out who I was. And then suddenly we wanted the care to change. But that was after someone had already made that comment. So it made me really stop and think for a second. What about those people that have just came to this country that don't have the language, right? The language barriers there. What about people that live in this country in the inner cities and maybe they've never been educated on the right part of their body. It's sometimes they don't know what's hurting. They're just like, there's pain. What about the person that does not know how to advocate for themselves? If we're going to talk to people that are educated, right, and not treat them any better until we recognize that they were just on TV a couple of weeks ago and make that connection, how are we treating the everyday person? And then why are we only trying to treat people better that we may have recognized from a TV show or there's someone special? Now we're going to roll out the red carpet and send these little half-ass apologies via email. You know, like, <laughs> why, why are we going to be like that? So I'm going to go ahead. I won't even say what establishment this was. But here's the thing. We have illness. We may not know always how to articulate it. Maybe our babies aren't coming out of middle school and high school and they don't know how to explain exactly what's going on with their bodies. Maybe they're a full grown adult, but it doesn't mean that our pain, our illness and whatever we're going through is not real. There's also this whole thing of where, you know, we're a strong black woman, you're a strong black man, you can take the pain. We have two people coming in with the same illness, you know, one person being given a couple of Tylenol and someone else being given all the good stuff, right? Their pain is, you know, and I don't even need to run the scenario because you know exactly what I'm saying. 
So if we both are dealing with health issues, then we both need to be given the same amount of care. And I understand there's differences in insurances and different things like that. But at the end of the day, I think some of this starts back in med school. And I did a really great podcast with a doctor and we talked offline and she was really explaining that she's had to let staff go in her hospital because they were giving different doses to black women because they had been told, you know, that they needed a lower dose, that they had a stronger pain tolerance. And even though she had told them in her practice, that's not how they operated. They had been trained like that for years, right? So we can't just say the hospital, you know, it goes back to the training. It goes back so much further. I'm very passionate about this because for me, it's like we all deserve care, right? It doesn't matter if I've got the good insurance, if I got the bad insurance, if I've got the no insurance, may I be on the state, you know, insurance. If I've got an illness, I have an illness. And we all sign an oath to be able to show up and offer the care. And I think what happens is people just get so busy at some of these hospitals where you're just going through the motions, right? You're winning all the awards, but that's just because you're seeing the most amount of patients doesn't necessarily mean that you're giving out quality care. And I'll pause there for a second because I could keep going on and on and on. Yeah, I'm like, everybody, like, I'm just nodding my head like, oh my gosh, yes, yes. This is, uh, I think, a good place for us to go with all of this that we've been talking about today because I know we hit on a lot of different things and a lot of a lot of these topics, topics can have their own episode. Right. So what's a good way for our listeners to be proactive and to advocate for themselves before, like, what can you do before you get to the doctor's office or before you, you know, get to urgent care or the emergency room? What are some things you can do to prepare so when you do come in contact with the doctor, you can say, hey, this is what's going on so they can understand you? Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to be, once again, keeping it 100. Is it fair? Is it right? I, I don't know whether or not it's fair. What I will say as, as a person of color, you're gonna have to work a little bit harder to get the care that you need. I'm not saying that it's fair, I'm not saying that it's right, but that is where we are at. But what I also want you to know is that you need to trust your body and do not let anybody with the white coat, I don't care how many accolades and alphabet soup and initials they have behind their name, don't let someone wearing a white coat talk you out of believing and thinking of, you know, or what you're feeling that it's not real. And I'm gonna say that again, what you're experiencing is real. You may not have all the perfect terminology. You may not be able to put all of it into words, but you have to trust your body. And yes, you're gonna have to work a little harder to advocate for yourself. One thing I tell my clients and patients and anyone I work with, especially when you're scheduling an appointment, and here's the thing too, I know in the brown and black community, we don't really wanna go until it's real bad, right? Like it has to be broken. You know, we're in pain and we're not going to be in pain for a couple days because we strong, honey. We're going to let it roll on for a couple months, maybe a year, maybe years. Then we finally go, don't just book an appointment saying, oh, my foot hurts. You know, maybe your foot just does hurt. But here's the thing. If you have not been in for an appointment in years, you have other things going on because that foot hurting could be other systemic chronic illnesses, different things going on make sure you book an extensive appointment. And typically what happens is we rush into the emergency room, right? And that's different, right? You're just kind of going with whatever that emergency is. But if you're booking an appointment for an annual exam, make sure you have an extensive appointment because it's also our responsibility. We can't sit back and be like, the doctor didn't listen. Well, when you booked an appointment it was only seven minutes long, you haven't been to the doctor in seven years you probably have some things to talk about, right? Your blood sugar, you may want to bring that up. 
Maybe heart disease runs in your family. Maybe you have some medications that need to be assessed. So let's set ourselves up for success because it's super easy to be like, well, they didn't listen to me. They cut me off. Well, you didn't, you know, didn't really give enough time for a conversation. So I always tell people when you book an appointment, let them know that you've got some concerns, that there's some things going on. Hey, I haven't been in for two or three years. Is it possible I get an appointment that's 25 to 30 minutes long? I've got some things I want to discuss, especially when it comes to wound wellness issues. Because maybe it's like, I'm trying to get pregnant, but I haven't gotten pregnant in a few years. My period's off, this, that, and the other. You need time to really unpack that. The other thing is, I think we get a very emotionally charged when we go into the office because we're used to being disrespected, belittled, gaslit, and all of that. Bring someone with you and then also bring some notes. Uh, there's been times where I'm literally so upset. I literally just have to read from my notes, right? Because I'm already, you know, thinking they're going to dismiss me. I've already been through the disrespect. I've already went through all of these things. So you come in already guarded, right? You're already like, I already know they're going to be talking to me. And it's like, you already know all this, right? And you have to put that to the side, bring someone with you, and then just go down your list. These are the things that are going on. The other thing, rather than just being like, you know, I can't lose weight, my libido's messed up, my period, this, that, and the other, walk them through a day, walk them through three months, six months, right? It's not just, I have a painful period. It's like, hey, it's September. And since January, I've mixed S amount of days of work. Since January, I've, you know, been doubled over in pain and was not able to spend time with my family. You know, since January, I've missed X amount of periods, not just, oh, my period's irregular. We need to also bring a little more information. What is an irregular period? Because as soon as you say anything about a period issue, they're already thinking of the birth control of the day or the month or whatever samples came into the office, right? So we don't just want to get Band-Aids. Yes, you may need, you know, pharmaceuticals, but give them as much information. Walk them through three months, six months, a year of how it's impacting you physically, socially, financially. And yes, financially, if you're always doubled over in pain with period pain or some type of, you know, chronic illness and you're not able to show up to work, that's a big deal. You need to be explaining that. So I, I know that's a lot of tips, right? But I'm, these are the things that'll make a big difference, right? Bring someone with you to help you advocate. Make sure you have your documentation, even if it's just like, hey, I haven't been to the, you know, hospital or haven't been to the doctor in years. These are some things I've been dealing with. Also have a list of your medication. Worst case scenario, toss them all in a bag, toss them all in your purse, bring them with you. Because I've had a lot of patients get really upset. You know, well, the doctor gave me this and it didn't go with this. Well, when I look at the paperwork, you didn't even mention you were taking this medication. Well, I've taken it for years. Even the more it needs to be evaluated, right? We can't just be taking stuff forever. It needs to be, you know, check on the dosage, make sure there's not any contraindications. I'm trying to think there's so many things that could turn this into a whole masterclass. I would start with those. The other thing I would say at the end of the day is if they aren't listening, it's okay to kind of put a little bass in your voice, reassess. But if you're dealing with a doctor that honestly just will not listen, you have to find someone else. When it comes to care, may it be conventional, holistic, you know, all natural, whatever. Think of a conference room table. You are sitting at the beginning of the conference room table and all those chairs down there are practitioners and doctors that you allow. I repeat, yes, your insurance may say these are the ones you choose from, but you allow them to sit at your conference room table. So if you have someone sitting at your table that is always wanting to do a surgery or always wanting to put you on the new experimental drug and you're really not down with that, you don't want to do that, you want other options, then let them know, hey, 
this may be my diagnosis, but this is my goal. If they are not in line with the goals, rather than going over there and snatching the chair out where they fall down, pull the chair out nicely, let them go and replace them. But typically what happens is we let people sit in a chair that really aren't on board with it. And then we get upset because their, you know, recommendations aren't things that we're really on board with, or we give up and we let them sit at the table and continue to push pills and surgeries and things down our throat. And then, you know, it's just, we sit back and we're like, oh, the medical community is failing me. You are the commander in chief of that table. You allow people to sit there and everyone that sits there needs to be in alignment with your health goals, right? They're going to be helping you get quality life, get that energy, have less pain days. So you've got to figure out what that looks like and really assess who's sitting at your table. And remember, despite your insurance giving you the list of providers they'll pay for, you get to choose who's on your team. Mm -hmm. It's your choice. I'll, I'll share like a quick story about that with me. With my first son, I had like a lot of like bleeding, mm -hmm. like heavy, heavy bleeding. And I went to the doctor. They were like, well, you're not having a miscarriage. You're fine. Go home. Mm, okay. And I'm like, this is like, I'm terrified and you just dismissed me. And so I went back, I made another appointment to see another doctor in the practice. And I went back and she was like, oh, well, did when's the last time you got checked for STDs? I'm telling you that I'm bleeding. I'm terrified. I, I'm, I don't want to lose my child. It's very early in the pregnancy. And mm -hmm. I removed myself from that entire healthcare system. I called my husband like, no, I'm, I'm going to find another doctor. And then two days later, I ended up in the hospital. And it was um, subchorionic hematoma. I, I hope I'm saying that correctly. And then not even, uh, I'll say about 28 weeks. At 28 weeks, I got put on bed rest. It was determined that I have a, um, I'm a high risk for preterm labor. I mean, it's going in preterm. So I was on bed rest from 28 weeks until 37 weeks. And my son came at 38 weeks. That's my, my oldest. My youngest, because I went through all that, I knew everything to look for. And he still, even with me advocating for myself, going to weekly appointments, telling them what I was feeling, what had I had going on, he still came at 31 weeks. And that was like me taking complete care of myself and going to the doctor and removing myself from a crazy healthcare system and putting myself in another one. So it's mm -hmm. very, but the healthcare system I was in was great. So um, everything that happened with him, it was traumatic, but we survived because of this. So it's like, yeah, please listen to what she's saying and please like do it. Don't hesitate. If you have that feeling that something's wrong or you're not being seen or heard, and this is your life at the end of the day, it's like leave. Like there's so many different doctors and healthcare systems and places where you can go take your money somewhere else. <laughs> Just go. Yeah. You, you have right. options, right? Mm -hmm. And you're worth it. Yes, it's annoying. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I get it. I've moved recently and you have to get all new doctors and you're like, oh, I got to tell the story again. I got to this, that and the other. And, you know, I kind of prepare myself. I have all my notes, but I just show up for me, period. I show up for me. At the end of the day, they're not going to be there when I'm doubled over in pain, when, they're, when I have all these things going on. So I have to advocate for myself because that appointment's only a snippet in time. It could be a whole nother year before I see them again. So I make the most of my appointments and I do this and you can do the same. Ask for an extensive appointment. Some of y'all need to listen to this right now. You got appointments coming up. Call and ask how long your appointment is. 
five minutes, seven minutes, that's not going to be enough time for you to discuss your issues and get some real answers or even the doctors, which I love when they're like, you know what? I need to give you a referral. And I'm, I always hats off to anyone that's like, you know what? that you definitely have a lot going on. Let me refer you to an endocrinologist. Let me refer you to a GI specialist. Let me refer you out. I have mad respect for those two. It's always those that want to keep you in-house and have the chip on their shoulder where they're like, well, yeah, it's really not that big of a deal. And you're like, well, I have been suffering for a while. Like that's where you have to reassess if that's the place for you. But props to anyone that'll give you a referral, hear you out. And then the biggest thing is we just have to listen. I mean, maybe they don't have all the medical jargon and terms, you know, where they're like, oh, I've got a hematoma, this, that, and the other. But if we listen to what's actually going on, that is where we can make the biggest difference in the care. We have to listen. Which brings me to my big show question. I know this hour has flown by everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like I can just keep going and going and going and going and going. But like we, we brought up listening so much, I have to ask my favorite question, which is what does selective hearing mean to you? Selective hearing mean to me, selective hearing is literally what it says. There could be all the noise around me, but I'm choosing what I'm hearing and what I'm holding on to. If I just listened and accepted everything that was going on around me, I'd be down and out in the bed, depressed and anxious and everything else. But I'm actively listening and choosing what I'm going to take in and add to my foundation. Amen to that. So please share how the audience can connect with you, ask you questions. And um, this will also be, again, everyone, in the show details and on the resources page on my website. So head over there. But Dr. LJ Johnson is going to share it with you right now as well. So you have no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here waiting on you. So you can go to my website, which is ljspowerhouse.org. We are going to be switching the website over, but we have ljspowerhouse.org. I'm on Instagram under the holistic with the w.endo.expert. I also have a podcast, which is the holistic endo expert podcast. And we talk everything endometriosis, hormones, holistic health. I know this is coming out after my Endo Unlock Summit, but you guys can definitely still find that information and grab the replays for that summit. It's over 20 practitioners talking all things holistic health when it comes to endometriosis, hormones. We talk about incontinence, prolapse, hysterectomy, acne. We cover everything because endometriosis with that chronic inflammation is touching every part of your body. So we give you tools for all of those things. Thank you so much for being here. You guys, you don't even know. I waited months for this. See, because patience is a <laughs> yes. virtue. And I truly believe in that. And I was like, I will wait. Because we had a pre-show interview. And it was so beautiful. I like literally, you stuck with me. I was like, I can't wait. And I wait. And I waited. And now you guys have something very, very, very important right in front of you. All kinds of great information that, that I'm sure can help you. And... I just want to say thank you again. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And everyone, until next week, this is Selective Hearing. <laughs>